0: BFM 89.9. Good afternoon, I'm Roshan Karnison and welcome to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. In a month's time, the domestic component of the capital gains tax announced back in Budget 2024 comes into effect. So today, Enterprise Explores Malaysia's incoming CGT and what it means for businesses with So Lian Singh, Head of Tax at KPMG. Before we get to Lian Singh, here's a bit of some, a back, some background information. In budget 2024 it was announced that the capital gains tax or the CGT will be introduced on the sales of shares in unlisted Malaysian companies and this would be imposed on the disposal of unlisted shares in companies incorporated in Malaysia uh, in Malaysia by companies limited liability partnerships cooperatives and trust bodies uh, individuals have been excluded from this this would also apply to disposal of shares in a con- in a controlled company incorporated outside Malaysia but owns real property in Malaysia or shares in another controlled company. There are some noted exemptions I mentioned individuals earlier but this includes gains on disposal in relation to restructuring within the same group. What that means, I ensure the clarity will be provided in time. There's also initial public offerings approved by Bursa Malaysia and of course a venture cap uh, venture capital companies subject to conditions to be stipulated as we've mentioned on the show in the past. Uh, this however was just the domestic component of the CGT that will come into effect on March 1st. There is also a foreign Component impacting foreign assets that came into effect at the start of the year, imposed on all gains or profits on foreign capital assets, ranging from real property overseas to shares on foreign stock exchanges at the prevailing tax rate. Uh, This uh, obviously. um, Caused a little bit of a spur, a stir uh, amongst the fund and management industry, as highlighted by the Edge in an article earlier this year. The fund management industry brought up certain concerns regarding this, uh, without any further clarification or exemption at the time. Uh, the gain that these gains brought back to Malaysia are from unlisted or from unlisted shares in countries will be taxed at the prevailing income tax rates, which would then have impacts on their returns in the fund manager in the unit trust funds and the units themselves. Thankfully for the fund management industry, the government has agreed to exempt the imposition of the CGT as well as the as taxes on foreign sourced income or FSI on unit trusts, which was announced by the finance minister by the second finance minister Datu Sri Amir Hamza Azizan in mid January. Uh, so we've got a lot to get into and really to explore this in more depth. Uh, we've got So Lian Singh, Head of Tax at KPMG. If you have any questions, you can let us know over on WhatsApp at our U Mobile number at 18 8899 Or as always, you can reach us on X at BFM Radio. Lian Singh, good to see you in the studio again. I think the last time we chatted about the SVDP,
1: Yes, uh, good afternoon, Roshin. Thank you for having me and it's nice to be back here, yes. Always bringing you in for the heavy topics, right? <laughs> uh, so Tax is always
0: interesting, yeah, right? C- yes. CGT is one of the key themes in the space this year. Obviously, e-invoicing is another big area, which we will of course be covering in due time. And by that, I mean on another day. Um, so let's start with maybe... You know, providing us, I gave a little bit of an introduction there, yeah. uh, but I think we want to hear from a subject matter expert. Could you provide us an overview of uh, Malaysia's incoming CGT, specifically the structure, the rates, and the types of assets that it will apply to? sure sure maybe before i touch on that it's a very general concept
1: now many many people believe that malaysia's move to implement this cgt is a result of being placed on the european union uh, eu code of conduct of mm. grey uh, list which identify the country as having, you know, a harmful uh, foreign source income exemption. And uh, of course, with that, some people also view that it responds to Malaysia's need for additional revenue (laughs) henceforth, this CGT is in place. Now, you look at Malaysia prior to 1st Jan 2024. There is no capital gains tax in Malaysia except for the RPGT, Real Property Gains Tax, that charge on gains arising from the disposal of real property and also um, and shares of uh, real property companies. Mm. Uh, effective 1st uh, Jan 2024, uh, like what you the sound rightfully put forward, a CGT is now imposed uh, on the gain made by companies, LLP, trust bodies, and uh, cooperative societies from the disposal of shares in companies incorporated in Malaysia. That is not listed (laughs) and uh, uh, not listed on the stock exchange. Uh, But one thing to take note, this CGT is now part of Income Tax Act. Mm. So it's unlike RPGT is a separate act of it. CGT is now part of ITA. Uh, Now, this also includes shares that under the new section uh, Section 15C, uh, you also briefly mentioned shares of a control company yeah. incorporated outside Malaysia which owns real property situated in Malaysia or shares of another control company. Uh, obviously, this subject to the threshold of the 75% conditions and also capital assets situated outside Malaysia upon Malaysia remittance into the country. Uh, right. uh, so these are some of the important keywords there. Uh, I do agree uh, when this was announced, uh, it, it lent uh, a lot of questions and people are still thinking how it applies <laughs> in terms of that. Uh, well, so that is generally how this GT that is applicable. Uh, you mentioned about the rate mm. um, yeah for the disposal of capital assets situated in Malaysia then we look at the acquisition date of the capital asset if it's acquired before 1st Jan then the CGT rate is either 10% of chargeable income or 2% of gross disposal income mm. yeah but for capital asset that acquire from 1st Jan 2024 onwards, then it is on the 10% of chargeable income. And for disposal of capital assets situated outside Malaysia, now this is at the prevailing income tax rate on the chargeable income received in Malaysia from outside, and the rate is currently. Twenty
0: four percent. So it's interesting, right? That the fact that it's been put under the income tax act. So you've got this. So you said chargeable income, right? Yeah. So it's being charged as uh, income essentially. Once you make that, it's not necessarily a gain. Um, could you maybe give us a, a sense for how broad uh, the reach of this of this of our version of CGT is going to be? Whether it's you know uh, sectors or asset classes that are going to be impacted. Yeah.
1: Uh, when you look at the definition of capital asset. Now, this has been defined to mean movable or immovable property <laughs> mm. you know, that includes any rights or interests thereof. Now, immovable property would also include shares. Mm-hmm. So, then the definition of this capital asset becomes very wide. So, I think this was the concern uh, of the industry, right? Yes. Uh, perhaps clarity is required uh, so that you uh, can trash any other concern now previously when we talked about unit trust funds uh, that was actually the main concern mm. uh, and I think the industry is shaken by this in- <laughs> introduction of this CGT uh, but the good thing is it was announced later on that uh, CGT exemption will now be given uh, from 1st Jan 24 to 31st December 2028 now pending the gazette or the legislation as well, mm. yeah. Well, I suppose this gives some kind of comfort to the industry, you know. Uh, now, this is uh, exemption is given for specific period, and its permanency remains to be seen, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think it will be so much of impact to general traders. Mm. The word, the keyword here is capital. Yeah. So, in the past, capital has never been brought up to tax. But when you talk about general traders, uh, if the gain come from the disposal become a nature of revenue... Then you'll be subject
0: to income tax, and that's a very important distinction, right? Well, yeah. Between revenue and again that's right. income and revenue uh, a or gain. Eh, revenue or capital. Yeah, yeah. So uh, revenue implies that it's consistent act of yeah. business, yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, stock
1: in trade. Mm. Uh, say, for example, if a company, uh, their activity, uh, akin to a, a business activity, adventure in the nature of trade. Mm. I buy and sell unlisted share, it becomes their normal activity. Then this may not be a capital it gain revenue. to them. It's a revenue mm. and it's subject to income tax. You know. Now, uh, But one thing I could see is that with this CGT come in play, the RPGT will no longer apply mm. to the disposal of RPC shares by companies. Or real property companies. Real property companies. So, from that, I would say the positive note is there's no, du- no double taxation. At least that. <laughs> yeah, at least that. But take note, take note. however, One entities, ah. uh, they are subject to the Lab One Business Activity Act, um, may still be subject to RPGT on the disposal of the RPC shares, you know. Um, other category of taxpayers, such as individual, there's uh, no CGT, no um, CGT but will continue to subject to the provision of RPGT when disposing of RPC shares. This is important. So
0: individuals still need to take into consideration RPC and RPGT. Yes. yes. Um, before we go into a few messages, uh, Tseng, are there, we, we I mentioned a few of the exemptions earlier and we've kind of done that as well. Could you elaborate further on the specific exemptions or relief opportunities within the CGT framework that we are aware of uh, and that businesses and individuals should take note? Yeah. Uh, thanks.
1: Uh, it's important.
0: Uh,
1: I think let's start a very simple one as an individual. We don't have to worry about it. No <laughs> to worry about it. At least for now. Okay. At, <laughs> at least, least for, for now. now. We, we, we wouldn't know once it matured, we wouldn't know. But at least for now, uh, CGT is not applicable. Hmm. Uh, obviously, we look at the initial two months of exemption. Uh, that is actually granted for disposal of unlisted share. Uh, in Malaysia that occur from 1st Jan to 29 Feb, 2024. Now, for this uh, exemption, I, I will take note that businesses, especially the private groups in Malaysia, uh, they must promptly evaluate their merger and acquisition plans uh. and also their corporate exercise. Uh, question here is today is already on 6th of Feb. You are talking about until twenty nine of Feb, yeah. So that is something to take note. There's this exemption. Uh, there's another one is uh, coming back to the filing program that IRB issued. Yes. Uh, they also mentioned about exemption for section fifteen C, uh, C shares for submitting the form from this period first Jan. Uh, to twenty nine Feb as well. And what
0: so, are Section Fifteen shares?
1: Uh, Fifteen C shares is the one that uh, the song I mentioned about the control uh-huh. shares, uh, and also uh, holding the uh, capital assets outside Malaysia. Mm. Uh, so that is the one that, based on the filing program, it is also exempted from filing. So it's an indirect kind of uh indication that these two months are also uh exemption also extended to this group of uh, people. The other one that is important uh, for businesses to take note, uh, based on the budget um, announcement, uh, they also talk about the IPO, uh, they are proposed exemption for IPO approved by Bosa Malaysia uh, and also internal group restructuring. So uh, this part uh, kindly take note, we expect the detailed guidelines to be issued or released by the tax authorities soon. Um, And also to take note of the foreign source capital gain that's subject to economic substance requirement. Mm. So there is this uh, economic substance requirement, but we also uh, expect to see the detailed guideline to be issued as well. Uh, We understand that it's expected that this proposed exemption will be covered under subsidiary legislation that has yet to be issued. Uh, take note for businesses. Um, if that involve another country, uh, it's also to explore some kind of exemption given under the relevant double taxation agreement as well. So where the resident country has a taxing right, yeah. yeah so I think these
0: are some of the. Uh, points to take note. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously there's a lot more material online that can be read about the exemptions. We only can go into it so far, but I think we've hit a few of the key notes there. We actually have a question here from uh, Benjamin over on WhatsApp. And he's asking, I think, a question that we can answer quite clearly. Uh, He's still unclear as an individual if I have gains from a sale of shares about 15 years ago, uh, will I be taxed upon this? And based on the CGT as we know it today, um, individuals are exempt, correct? Correct. All that's right. right. Great. Uh, if you have more questions, feel free to drop us a line, uh, an, uh, a message over on WhatsApp. That's 18 789 That's our U-Mobile number, 018-789-8899. Uh, folks, you're now listening to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. And today we're exploring the incoming capital gains tax uh, that's uh, taking effect, or at least the domestic component is taking effect in a month's time. And helping me with this has been so insane head of tax at KPMG. I'm Richard Gunnison. We'll be back in just a bit. So keep you here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Bluff free medium, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, I'm Roshan Karnison and welcome back to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. In a month's time, March 1st to be specific, the domestic component of the capital gains tax announced back in Budget 2024 comes into effect. So today on Enterprise Explores, uh, we're taking a look at Malaysia's incoming CGT in depth and what it means for businesses. And helping me with this conversation has been so Lian Singh, Head of Tax at KP mg uh lansing as we talked about a little earlier um there are exemptions uh to the capital gains tax um the structure is a there's a foreign component there's a domestic component and if anyone, if anyone wants to learn more about it um there are obviously articles online uh, from all the uh, big firms but also you can go and listen to the podcast of this episode when it comes out a little later um Coming back to our uh, to the next question here, the CGT is already in effect technically to a certain degree uh, on the foreign component of the, uh, the foreign assets part of it with some exemptions there, full effect coming into play from March 1st. Um, talk to us a little bit about, I guess, proactive steps uh, that businesses should be taking or undertaking to mitigate the potential financial impacts. I'm sure many people, uh, many businesses are keen to learn.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that question i think not just for cgt alone uh, for businesses mm. generally they should continue to keep a abreast of uh, evolving developments especially now with all the new taxes that are coming into play <laughs> in terms of that uh, what i could advise businesses to take note in a proactive uh, stand is uh, always keep in mind number one what is in scope right? Though we know based on the finance uh, bill, based on the budget, uh, they are mentioned why it's in scope. But once the guideline is issued, take a look whether there's any update on the in scope. That's number one. Be aware of the requirement or the economic substance. Uh, that's also important uh, because some of this requirement uh, may require the company uh, to have Proper documentation, for example, to prove that there is this economic substance. Uh, look out for the guideline again. Um, ascertain the date of disposal and acquisition. Now, we may think that the date of disposal acquisition can be so easy and simple, uh, but if, for example, in a situation your documentation are not clear, then that will rise to dispute, right? So that's one. Uh, another one is, have a good understanding of what is market value. <laughs> <laughs> right? uh, because I know that in some of the seminars that I attended, uh, it has been indicated verbally by some speakers that uh, perhaps the net tangible asset method is an acceptable method, for example, in determining the uh, market value of unlisted shares. Well, um, we hope the IRB will come out soon, the detailed guideline and consider the various alternative Uh, and one alternative could also include valuation method, which currently already listed by the IRB guideline on stamp duty, for example. Mm. Uh, So that is one. Uh, Also important to take note what type of transaction are deemed to be at market value. And also what kind of market value that can be ascertained by the Director General. Uh, this is important so that you can avoid dispute in the future. Uh, it's also important to take note the treatment of loss. You know How you're going to uh, treat the loss, for example. And in certain type of uh, sector, for example, some of this capital asset can be taken into Trading stock, for example. Mm. So these are some uh, situation that can give rise to tax implication. And last but not least, I think businesses, you can't avoid this. You must also note what are
0: the compliance requirements. Yeah, Right. And these are all key things to keep in mind as this comes into play. Uh, I'd like to touch on two particular terminologies that we used uh, in this few minutes, uh, Lansing. One is economic substance, which again, you brought up uh, earlier as well. And uh, I guess what we know about market value. can we start with economic substance? Uh, what, uh, what do we know uh, in terms of what this means? Yeah. Um, Obviously,
1: for this, we are still waiting for a detailed guideline. Mm. Maybe I'll just give a very simple um, kind of uh, illustration. Um, Whether in a situation that you set up an office, but without any uh, headcount. So then how do you then perform your business Mm. without the fundamental uh, requirement? stuff like that you know so how do you then carry out your business uh, in the very layman terms right yeah but for this obviously we got to wait for the detailed
0: guideline uh market value you mentioned. Yes. yeah and basically valuation methods right what do we yeah. what do we know about uh, how these will need to be valued yeah so
1: um if you were to take stamp duty for example there's this acceptable method that you uh, 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 what we call that, hasil can actually accept mm. in that method. What we are concerned about is that uh, if some of this value that the DG under certain f- uh, circumstances that may not be able to agree and say that it has to be a market value. So that is the part where uh, circumstances that the parties are unable to agree on its market value, for example. So that method can be uh, 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 one method that both parties cannot agree, then DG will come in and say, no, I insist it has to be a market value. And that's where DG will ascertain. So the other one could be maybe DG is of the opinion, Mm. that the market value of that has been agreed by the parties of the disposal is incorrect. Uh, But we hope to have more details under what circumstances (laughs) that it can come to that situation. Uh, But it's possible if you look at whether the transactions are connected person Mm. or unrelated person. Yeah. So, so there is
0: discretion, discretion uh, at the DG's level right, in terms right. to assess whether you know uh, people are gaming the system per se. That's right, that's right. Or in situation
1: where maybe the capa- capital assets that dispose are being exchanged for another asset. Mm. Uh, with no market value, for example. So then under that circumstances the DG may take, you know, the market value or the capital asset they dispose as a consideration. So there are many, many um, consideration
0: mm. in terms of that. Uh, you mentioned earlier uh, the capital tax return filing program uh, that was recently published. I think it was a week or two ago uh, when I saw it in my email. Um, was there anything... I, I know you mentioned uh, one a few things that we learned a little earlier. Let's dive into it a little further. Um, what new things did we learn or any what clarity was provided about the CGT from the tax return filing program? Yeah. Uh,
1: thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, for me, at least for me, I, <laughs> I, I learned two or three things from there. Uh, the first one, uh, it at least provides some certainty mm. where the CGT filing is not required at all for the disposal of shares made during this period mm. uh, because there was one time uh, people are asking during this period, do I still need to file the CGT? Uh, obviously, if you look at um, how the law has provided, technically, Yes, but with this program that comes out, it clearly indicate you don't need to uh, file. So, that is one thing. And that's for good. what period we're we talking about? Uh, 1st Jan 24 until twenty nine February 24. Okay, so for the yeah. first two months of the Correct. year. Correct. And then in the same program where they spell out the exemption period, they also include uh, the Section 15C shares that will also enjoy the similar two-month exemption Uh, But for this, uh, my view is we require further clarification Mm. because now this is a prescribed form for the disposal of capital asset where we know uh, it has to be submitted to the IRB via e-filing together with CGT payment within 60 days from the date of disposal. This is a general concept, right? Uh, Now, based on the Finance Act, it appears that CGT filing requirement will also apply to a foreign disposal company. That's mm. where I think a lot of questions come out without business present in Malaysia. Uh, of course, I got a caveat pending from the IRB's uh, administrative details on the CGT filing. Now, this is an interesting part. For disposal of foreign capital assets, um, to me, it's still unclear for now on whether the CGT return is to be submitted within 60 days from the date of the disposal, even though technically the CGT on income or gain from the disposal of foreign capital asset will only trigger upon remittance of the income or gain into Malaysia. Uh. So there's this possibility that this type of disposal to be declared in the annual corporate tax return. That's my view. But we need further clarification for that. Because that's a big difference, right? Between disposal or whether when you bring the money back into the country. That's right. Yeah. So that is something uh, interesting to find out from the detail. How are we administratively going to comply with that? Yeah. Uh, And uh, the other one, um, I also noticed, mm. at least for me, uh, where they have issued the sample CGT return. (laughs) <laughs> together with the explanatory notes that has been released. Uh, one thing catch my eye. Uh, if there are more than one transfer in the disposal agreement, so each transfer is required to file a CGT return. Oh, wow. Uh, and disclose one another information in the return. But what is, imp- uh, what is interesting is that if there are two disposal on the same day, Taxpayers should report the transaction which derives a loss first, so that he can utilize his adjusted loss against the gain from the other disposal.
0: Okay, so there's a uh, bit of structure to that. And a bit of a, I think in the US they call it tax loss harvesting, so we're yeah. seeing a bit of that here as well. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so these are the,
1: the, the summary of a few points that oh. I learned from the program the CGT program that you should. <laughs>
0: um, I'm sure there's more to learn from that. And I, I want to ask you a little bit about essential compliance and reporting requirements. But we'll get into that after a few messages. Uh, Lian saying we've got to go into a, little, a short break. Uh, folks, you've been listening to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. And we've been exploring the incoming capital gains tax in more in-depth and what businesses need to know, at least so far, uh, about about the CGT. And helping me with this has been so Saurabh so, Singh, head of tax at KPMG. I'm Roshan Kanesan. We'll be back after a few messages. So keep it here to BFM eighty-nine point nine, the Business Station. Burger, fries, Milo. BFM eighty-nine point nine, the Business Station. BFM 89.9, I'm Roshan Kanesan and welcome back to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line. In a month's time, or to be specific, March 1st, 2024, the domestic component of the incoming capital gains tax announced back in Budget 2024 comes into effect. So today, Enterprise explores the incoming CGT in-depth and what it means for businesses with So Lian Singh, Head of Tax, at KPMG. Uh saying earlier, we were going through the uh, filing program, uh, the Capital Gains Tax Return Filing Program that was recently published and uh, the clarity and the things that you've learned uh, from about the CGT. Now, considering the guidelines we talked about uh, that you talked about from LHDN uh, and everything else that we know so far, um what are the essential compliance and reporting requirements that businesses uh, need to be aware to ensure that they meet the CGT obligations? I think very important question. Yeah, that's right. Uh,
1: thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, obviously, i have to start by saying the guideline is to be uh, out soon. <laughs> uh, but of course, you look at uh, CGT. Uh, CGT will be on the self-assessment system. Mm. So therefore, what is key here is that the moment is on self-assessment system, whatever relevant provisions in the Income Tax Act that are applicable to income tax return will also be applicable to CGT, such as the provisions relating to appeals and penalties. So that's one thing to take note. Number two, uh, beside the one that I mentioned about remittance, but for the transaction, uh, you, re- you are required to file the return form and pay within 60 days from the date of disposal. Uh, Last but not least, um, self-assessment subject to audit. uh, There's a requirement for you to keep proper records and documentation for seven years. So these are the, I think these are the three key that I would like to summarise.
0: Yeah, and uh, as I mentioned much earlier on in our conversation, the financial industry got a uh, some more clarity a few weeks back when it was announced that unit trust funds would be exempt from CGT or at least uh, components of unit trust funds. Uh, obviously, big news for the industry. Uh, I don't want uh, we kind of know that the implication of that is it's uh, better for the returns, uh, I guess, for the industry. But aside from that. Uh, and saying, what industry sectors might feel the most impact uh, from the implementation of the CGT? Uh, my view, there's no in particular type of
1: industry mm. that may feel the biggest impact. Uh, I think it all depends on the in-scope where the taxpayer who invests in the capital assets. But if you talk about structure, uh, perhaps some may view that a property developer mm. may have a bigger or rather wider scope to be in there because a uh, property developer itself, companies are holding landed properties and all that, shares generally, uh, RPC shares, and this uh, definitely will be part of the in scope. But generally, I, I wouldn't say uh, a particular industry will feel the most significant impact. Um, As long as it depends on the in-scope the taxpayer uh, invests in, then they need to
0: take note of this implication. And could you uh, maybe elaborate on... um a key other key strategies that companies can utilise to effectively manage the CGT? I know, again, people need to keep in mind uh, other guidelines will come into play. Things are still, I think a lot of people still aren't fully aware of what this will fully entail. But as we know today, what are the key strategies that uh, companies should be utilising? Uh,
1: thanks. Uh, to me, businesses should continue proactively review their groups' corporate plans. Mm. Um Usually they will have short term, mid term and long term. And this should be a continuous basis. And continue to assess whether there are any opportunities or restructuring of groups' corporate structure. Uh, This can be quite common, uh, sometimes for divestment of companies or undertake any corporate exercise that may involve the transfer of unlisted shares. Now with that in mind, um, they should continue to have a proper plan and making some informed decision. Important is analyse the tax implication and continue to get the updated exemption list available. You know, as for now, we know these are some of the exemptions, but you never know for long term, exemption list may be updated. Track the disposal of the foreign capital assets Mm -hmm. and the remittance. Uh, To me, that is important. Pending the detailed guideline out, uh, tracking of this transaction uh, become important and also um, try to see what are the requirements for the economic substance. And uh, last but not least, maintain the
0: adequate and also relevant records and documents. Probably the most important thing most given important that thing. You, know, you, keep rec- you need to keep your records for seven years, very yeah. similar to how we self-assess for income tax. That's right. um, let's take a broader look um, how does Malaysia's approach to CGT compare with uh, international practices and other uh, lessons uh, other Lessons or, I guess, models that uh, from abroad that Malaysian businesses can look towards for best practices? Mm. Uh,
1: we expect a detailed guidelines to be released mm. uh, by authorities soon. Uh, my wish list is hopefully before March <laughs> uh, so that that can provide clarity mm. to taxpayers and also to address some of the proposed exemption. Uh, But if I were to compare as a point of reference, uh, I think the authority in our neighboring country like Singapore or even Hong Kong, uh, they have released some guidelines in respect of the application of their respective CGT provisions. So I'm just hoping that Malaysia's guidelines will be as detailed Uh, as possible to erase any ambiguities uh. now going by the tax rates alone, the CGT's flat rate of 10% on the disposal of RPC shares after 1st March is definitely a boon for companies thinking of disposing of such shares uh. the fact that it is currently at the rate of 10% also means uh, it can still be increased Mm. in the future you know (laughs) If you look at other countries such as Japan, uh, South Korea, Vietnam, Thailand, their CGT rate is similar to their corporate income tax. And for us it's 24%. Yeah. Uh, So the only country that is similar to our model where the our CGT rate is lower, perhaps is Nyama. Mm. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised
0: if the rate moves once a CGT matures. Um, given the, I think it's quite clear that uh, not just tax policies, but this particular CGT tax policy is still quite dynamic in nature. There's still a lot to be learned about it. Yeah. Uh, industry also still requires more uh, information. Um, I guess how, what's the best way for businesses to keep abreast of uh, the key information that, should, uh, to, uh, they, that they should know and stay prepared for any potential future amendments or changes to the regulations, particularly with the CGT?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, to businesses, I think they must always plan early. Mm. And um, they must always continue to look at their business plan and apply um, what their current policy or exemptions that is applicable. There may be a situation where their situation is very unique, for example. Um, I think nothing can stop them to explore Mm. And discuss further for some kind of exemption perhaps, or exception to that. But I think what is important here is um, that can be done before any actual disposal take place. Now once disposal has taken place, then the important will be determining your compliance requirement. Mm. Yeah, so in short, for businesses, while we wait for further clarification from the authority yeah, continue to get updated, evolving developments. I think yeah. that's all I can say.
0: And I guess paying attention to memos, circulars and emails coming out from LHDN itself in, in, with this respect. Yes, and your tax agents. And your tax agents. <laughs> to conclude, uh, anything, um, Key advice or a message that you'd like to impart to our listeners when it comes to the incoming CGT uh, here in Malaysia. Yeah, um,
1: a short conclusion to me, this is a collective effort, I think, between taxpayers, tax administrators, and tax professionals. Uh, if three, part, three stakeholders can collectively uh, put in effort, we can actually achieve um, a proper implementation. Uh, whatever changes that comes in, as long as uh, we have an efficient enforcement and also why it's important, transparent mm. revenue utilisation, then to me, um,
0: that itself will be a true success. Uh, by transparent uh, revenue utilisation, meaning how taxpayer money is utilised, basically. Yeah. Which is probably the key concern for almost all taxpayers, right? Whether we heavily pay our tax or not, always comes down to this, is our money being used in an appropriate, uh, proper fashion and how it's being utilised uh, Lian Singh we've covered so much today and, and I'm pretty confident in saying that we've covered everything that businesses need to know about the CGT so far uh, thank, <laughs> thank you so much you. for your time thank you thank you thank you folks thank you been, for having me Yeah, folks I've been speaking with So Lian Singh Head of Tax at KPMG and you've been listening to Enterprise Explores, the show where we help you navigate the ever-changing universe of business from the headlines to the bottom line if you missed any part of this conversation you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm or download the BFM app. Our shows are, of course, available on your favorite podcast app, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other podcast player. Just look for Enterprise Explores. I'm Roshan Kernison. This has been Enterprise Explores. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.